This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture and I'm Juliet Jacobs. The ongoing battle to save Shah Alam Community Forest continues, the latest update being that two NGOs have filed a judicial review to challenge the legality of the degazettement of land covering about 406 hectares at the Bukit Charaka Forest Reserve. So the two NGOs, Pertubuhan Pelindung Kazanah Alam Malaysia or Paka Malaysia and Persatuan Rimba Community Shah Alam or the Shah Alam Community Forest Society jointly filed a judicial review to the Forest Reserve Decazettment notification by the Selangor Forestry Department on the 5th of May 2022 and also restore the area as a protected forest reserve for the people just earlier this month. So what does all of this mean and what piece does this play in the larger puzzle to protect this area from development? So I'm going to get some updates about this ongoing issue from Dr. Tekwin Lim, the Treasurer of the Shah Alam Community Forest Society. Welcome Tekwin, how are you today? I'm great, thanks, Juliet. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, um, yes, here we are again, uh, ongoing, as I said, uh, but some positive news uh, this time around. Um, and, you know, just 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 sort of like remind our listeners, Techwin, when we caught up uh, last year, I think it was in October, you sort of helped break down what the degazettment of this area meant, right? And also, uh, yeah. you know, you, you reminded us about a forest uh, study by the SACF Society, uh, which you sort of led and you found that the Bukit Chiraka Forest Corridor had not been properly degazetted. Can you just remind us about, you know, all these uh, all these things that you found out through that study? All right. Yeah, just a bit of background that we've been fighting to save this uh, forest for a while because it's an important area for hikers. And uh, we had a guest that is also important for wildlife and biodiversity. So we fortunately got some funds from the United Nations G Global Environmental Facility to carry out some studies. And what we did were camera trapping uh, studies and, and we got some flora experts. And we were delighted to find that there's still lots of animals in the area, including tapirs. Would you believe it? You know, in the heart of uh, Shah Alam, in the Klang Valley, we, we still have these um, tapirs, which are these <laughs> giant panda-like creatures, which are, are very important for our national heritage. And so we were delighted to find them both north and south of the highway. That means including in our um, area that we call the Shalam Community Forest. Mm-hmm. So not just important for hiking, but also important for wildlife. Um, other species we found were gibbons, which are apes. We heard them uh, singing in the morning and, and also... Uh, hundreds of species of um, other plants and animals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's important. And we have been fighting with the state government to save it. And what we found uh, was that the legal status is still a forest reserve. And we wanted to discuss this with the state government, but they, the um, Matri Bazaar and the executive councillor in charge of the environment refused to meet with us. They said, oh, you deal with the local council. But the local council did not uh, acknowledge the fact that the legal status was um, uh, still forest reserve. And in fact, even the, the exco, um, Yibihi Loisian, he denied it was forest reserve. He said it was degazetted in 2006. And when we asked to see the evidence, he, well, again, he refused to meet with us. So we've, we've never been able to thrash this issue out with him directly. Yeah. And 
in response to some questions in the state assembly over the status of forests, he, again, he says, no, you know, it's not forest reserve any longer. So, yeah, we didn't know uh, what next to do. Yeah. And we did consider going to court. Of course, we didn't want to have to go to court. But eventually, what, I, what we found out was on the 5th of May, mm-hmm. there, was, there was finally a Gazette notification issued. Right. which was uh, the way the, uh, the law works is that if you want to change the status of a forest reserve, you have to issue this uh, notification in the State Government Gazette. And we had always said, all right, it, that has not been done yet. And so it's still a forest reserve. But yeah, on, on 5th of May, it was finally done. And that was a concern because there was no notification beforehand. You know, there's no uh, prior notice. Uh, no warning, and there was no public inquiry. Yes. And in, in Slango, if you want to change the status of forest reserve, you have to hold the public inquiry first. Yeah. So the thing is, the notification that they issued on 5th of May, in order to get around not holding this public inquiry, they backdated it and they said, all right, we're, we'll backdate it to 2020. And they gave some excuse saying that, all right, some decision was made. Uh, uh, not, not 2020, sorry, the year 2000. 2000, right? So yeah. they backdated it 22 years to the year 2000 when, when BN was still in power. And they, for that uh, reason, they said, oh, we don't need to hold an inquiry because uh, the decision was made a long time ago. It's just, a, well, what we're doing now is just formalizing that decision. Right. And so... When, uh, when we found out about that, well, we have no choice but to challenge it in, in court. And so we uh, now we are doing fundraising to, to try and um, uh, get enough funds to uh, launch a, a proper legal challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and, and, and we're yeah. going to talk about that. But, you know, and so all of this was alleged by the Slango government. And, um, but as you, you know, pointed out, even last year, there was no official notification uh, published in the Slango Gazette. You know, and these are, again, all um, things in the state laws, isn't it? Yes, because we, we know that, you know, land is a, is a state matter, isn't it? And so none of these sort of rules set by the state were actually followed. Am I correct? Yeah, and it's worse than that, in that while the, the status of the land was still forest reserve, the state government was giving out parcels of land to companies to develop. Right. So I think maybe four or five parcels in the north of the, the patch have been given out for development, and one of which is continuing. And that, that's another issue which we can talk about, that the, yeah. the, the, that the court issued what's known as a stay order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was so just, I was just reading. Right, all all of the the work should uh, should stop. Yeah, because I was just reading um, um, actually the website that you guys uh, run and they said that 2,000 land titles from this area were handed out to various developers and to date about 25% of the forest area already has been destroyed for mixed development. Uh, those those are the things that have been happening despite uh, no official notification, uh, you know, no de-gazette, no official notification of the degazettement, right? Yeah, one point I want to make is that it's really not too late because even though land titles have been handed out in the northern part, mm-hmm. there are the area that we are primarily fighting for is in the south. Right. And that right. is zoned to be a cemetery under Jalam um, uh, City Council. And there's also the section which is mostly forested is under PKNS, which is a state government company. So, yeah. you know, th- this issue of compensation for those areas would not uh, arise. And so the state government could tomorrow 
make a decision to save that forest with no cost to the state. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and I mean, this is why, I mean, I guess you had to sort of uh, file this judicial review. You know, I think your lawyers advised you that there was no provision in forestry law that allows for the backdating of excision uh, notifications. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, let's uh, give an, an example. And this is re- a quite important example, the Kuala Langa Utara example. So mm-hmm. when that forest was excised, which is the... Um, legal term for degazettement, when that the area of uh, forest, the status was changed, the date of the excision was the date that the gazette notification was published. So it was, it was uh, I think it was sometime last year sure. or, or 2020, I can't quite recall. Last year, but, it was last year, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, but the point is that uh, that, that, excision followed the rules in the sense that they held an inquiry after the inquiry the exco made a decision and then only after that process had been exhausted they issued the notification in the gazette and in fact the reason that i stumbled across the the bukit chaka the gazette um, notification was i was looking to see whether there had been uh, any regazettement, meaning that the the Kuala Langa Utara had been replaced, because if you recall, the Menteri Besar had promised to replace it uh, before uh, Hari Raya Adilfitri last year. That's right. But um, it still has not been done. And um, so it's got almost a year since they agreed to uh, replace it, and they have not uh, regazetted it. But instead, I stumbled across this notification saying that Bukit Chaka for over 400 hectares had been taken out from Bukit Chaka. And so that was a surprise. And as you say, the effective date, they inserted some uh, text in the notice saying that, right, the effective date will be backdated uh, 22 years till the year 2000. And the law, which is based on the National Forestry Act 1984, gives no provision for anything like that. All right, so so that's why uh, you went ahead with this judicial review, and uh, as we as you mentioned earlier, the High Court granted an interim stay order over the Selangor government's action uh, to allow development at the Bukit Jaraka Forest Reserve, and that happened just just recently, right on August the 11th. Does this mean that the degazetted uh, that those 460 hectares land in Shah Alam, I think it's Section U10, right, is that now reverted as part of a forest reserve? Is that what it's uh, it should be? Well, that's the effect. The legal term is that it, the decision has been stayed. And when the decision has been stayed, you need to go back to the status, the way things were before the decision was made. Mm-hmm. And and both, you know, both you and Paka are also calling upon the uh, State Forestry Department to issue immediate stop work orders, right, on all activities that threaten the integrity of the forest. Am I correct? We've been calling for a stop work order for quite a while now. Okay. <laughs> even before this uh, stay order. But yeah, we repeated our call for all of the development inside the contested area, inside the forest reserve that should be uh, halted. And in particular, any activity that is irreversible, for example, uh, cutting down uh, the natural forest or clearing the land. In fact, what is happening north of the highway is that they are using, um, they're blasting the hill. Oh, so every, every, and, and unfortunately, that has continued. This is next to a place called Pardana Heights uh, in section U10. 
And I, I suppose they're using dynamite to blast away at the hill. And this is every weekday in the middle of the day, around um, 12 noon, uh, there are these uh, blasting going on. And, and this is, yeah, continued. No action has been taken by the state government to stop any of this development. Mm-hmm. And I think interestingly also, you're also calling on banks and financial institutions to stop issuing loans, right, to, to any business causing these sorts of, uh, you know, deforestation and um, because, you know, it's Bank Nagara's commitments, right, to stop funding unsustainable projects. They came out to say that themselves. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy with Bank Nagara's position in terms of uh, environmental and social governments. They have made targets in terms of their impact on climate change. And then they have issued this guidance to the whole of the Malaysian financial sector to clean up their act and not fund deforestation, not fund anything that's unsustainable. And definitely don't fund the clearance of forests inside uh, forest reserves, which uh, uh, when uh, that activity is unlawful. And in the case of uh, Bukit Chaka, as I mentioned earlier, the state government has no right to issue title. And so all of those titles are effectively unlawfully issued. And, and therefore, the banks shouldn't go anywhere near these, uh, these properties. They shouldn't be giving mortgages. They shouldn't be giving loans. Definitely, they shouldn't be uh, funding the deforestation and, and, and to, be fair, to be fair to these big banks, uh, most of them, including Maybank, CIB, they have good sustainability policies. And here's a chance for them to practice what they preach. And, and, and they should, uh, they should not, definitely not grant any new uh, loans in this area. And they should seriously reconsider uh, existing loans if there's, uh, when they can see there's an element of uh, unlawfulness taking place. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, definitely. And, um, and from what I understand so far, the Selangor State Government, they've not challenged the interim injunction, right, ordered by the court. So uh, so we hopefully, hopefully the forest remains safe from any encroachment for now, or at least that's in theory? Well, the, the problem is that there's ongoing development, as I mentioned, in the north of right. the forest. Sure. Uh, yeah, the blasting is still going on. The lorries uh, taking earth out, and uh, they've been uh, uh, they've been clearing part of the forest. And I assume that that is uh, going to continue. Okay, all right. So from for now, uh, we're waiting for the judicial review hearing, and that's scheduled for the twenty eighth of September. Am I correct? 28th, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So, and as you mentioned also, there's crowdfunding for the legal fees because um, I, I think, I know I know your lawyers are just looking to cover the overhead costs, but the estimate is about 50,000 ringgit, isn't it, uh, inclusive of disbursements? Yeah, that would just be for the first um, first action. So if there's an appeal, it could be a lot more. So uh, we definitely do hope that the public, um, like if you haven't been to a Bukit Chaka, do visit. If you have been and you liked it, then please do chip in to save the area. You know, even uh, 10, 20 ringgit would, would go a long way to help um, help save this forest. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll, we'll talk about the how we can do that. Um, we're just going to go for a quick break. When we come back, you know, I just want to get you to remind folks about why Bukit Chaka is worth saving. I'm speaking today to Dr. Lim Tech Win. He's the treasurer of the Shah Alam Community Forest Society. We're talking about the ongoing efforts to preserve this area, uh, the Shah Alam Community Forest and also uh, parts of the Bukit Chiraka Forest Reserve. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me on the line today is Dr. Tekwin Lim. He's the treasurer of the Shah Alam Community Forest Society, or SACF. Uh, we are talking about the ongoing battle, I, I keep calling it that, to save the Shah Alam Community Forest from development. Uh, the two NGOs, including uh, including SACF and Pekka Malaysia, they have filed a judicial review to challenge the legality of the supposed degazettment of that land covering about 406 hectares at the Bukit Teraka Forest Reserve. Uh, so we we were talking about that before the break, but now, Tequin, you know, I always and, and I know I keep making you repeat this, but I think it's worth repeating always. Um, you know, what is at stake? You know, uh, here we we know that Bukit Shraka Forest Reserve, which once spanned, I think, what close to ten thousand hectares, is now less than what fifteen percent of its former area, and 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 the Shah Alam Community Forest, of course, is part of that uh, of the corridor, right? The reserve's corridor. It forms the middle and largest section of the forest corridor. You know, it's important for many reasons. Um, linking major forests together. Can you just remind us about that? I would say the most important thing is the people of Shalam want a place to go and uh, go hiking. And so every weekend, thousands of people go to uh, Shalam Community Forest for hiking. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but I think easily 4,000 people every weekend. And that's not including on the weekdays. So some people go there very early on the weekdays and it indicates that there is this demand for outdoor recreation in a real kind of uh, jungle type setting. And that's something which I think would be hard to re- replicate. If we lose the forest, then uh, that uh, that opportunity for, and especially during the pandemic, people, people uh, and after the pandemic, people want to get out and enjoy the, enjoy nature, enjoy the outdoors. And the second thing is nature. Well, what's important is actually quite, globally important. So we've got globally endangered species, as I mentioned earlier, the tapir. And if this forest, if this patch of the forest is destroyed, then the habitat of the tapir in the northern section, the Subang Dam area, and the southern section, the the Taman Botany, they'll be cut off. And so it's quite likely that that population will go extinct, which would be really, you know, it's a tragedy. We have something so special and we can conserve it. And yet uh, we're just uh, through negligence, we are letting this area be turned from a forest reserve into a development area. Mm-hmm. And so that, that would that would be the, the other thing. And uh, not, not just up here, I mentioned gibbons earlier, and we have uh, hundreds of species of birds. And of course, uh, it's a whole ecosystem, including plants and trees. We still have we've got species of diprocarp and interesting things like, um, um, gaharu trees, you know, it's a real gem of lowland forest, which is increasingly rare in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Most of our forests now are, are on the in the central forest spine in the mountainous areas. But here we have good forests in the lowlands, and that's really quite valuable. Yeah, and and you know the the you guys have done as you mentioned earlier, you know several uh, camera trapping activities, and you've captured you know, other wildlife as well, wild cats as well. You know so many different things, isn't it? Oh yeah, so so these things maybe we uh, I I kind of uh, take for granted, but we have uh, things which in uh, Malay they call kucing batu, which is a leopard cat. It's yeah. not a full size leopard. It's a it's kind of the size of house cat, but it's definitely wild. And it's got the you know unique leopard type spots, yeah. and we have other things like um, civets. And if, if I say civets, people think okay, musang is normal, but we have uh, something uh, that's uh, larger than uh, the common civet. It's called an Indian civet, and it's found on the ground, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a larger kind of um, 
sepia. And we also have otters. You know, you maybe have heard of the otters of Singapore, and there are increasingly otters in KL. But we, we have a family of otters in in Shalom community forests as well. Mm-hmm. So amazing biodiversity. I mean, in, in the middle of Alam, I mean, that's the thing, right? You you think about wildlife, you think, okay, I need to go to Taman Negara, I need to go to, I don't know, mm. Belum, whatever. This is right here in Alam. I mean, not that you're going to see yeah. them, but they are there. Yeah. yeah, and you know, when I first heard about these tapirs being knocked over mm. by uh, along the highway uh, next to Bukit Shraka, this that was more than 10 years ago. I thought, oh, okay, maybe that's the last one. But it, they've proved again and again that there is a viable population there. There are, at the moment, there's enough habitat to sustain the tapirs, not just uh, one or two individuals, but the, you know, the Perlitan has gone and captured some and translocated them, and many have been killed on the roads. And yet, there's still a population there, which shows that it, there is uh, there's potential in the future for keeping that population. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, if we keep clearing the forest as well, you know, th- that that chance, of course, just uh, gets lower and lower, isn't it? And so, okay, so wildlife aside, also, I mean, the trees, the, I mean, the areas also, uh, is it an important water catchment area? Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, well, the northern part is the Subang Dam, which is important uh, water source for Klang. And... There have also been some terrible floods in the area. And I'm not sure if, the, if there's a direct link between the floods and the deforestation taking place, but there's definitely some connection. When you clear the upper part of a catchment, uh, then the rainfall washes the sediment down. I mean, I'm, all of this is well established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you know, but just on Saturday, uh, Taman Sri Muda and Shah Alam was hit by flash floods again, you know. So, yeah. I mean, not, not, we can't say there's a direct correlation, but there is yeah. some, yeah, there are some relations. Yeah, there is some kind of link. Yeah. And um, I was reading this this really uh, lovely article, actually, that Andrew Sia released uh, on your website as well. And it's an article by Orang Asli in Shah Alam Community Forest from the Temuan tribe, right? And, you know, that article mm-hmm. was saying they once had a large area of forest to roam in northern Shah Alam, but today uh, their remaining forest is only the Shah Alam Community forest, am I correct? Well, one interesting thing about the original Gazette notification in 1909, when the Bukit Chaka Forest Reserve was created, that notification explicitly acknowledged the fact that there were Orang Asli living in the area and gave them special rights to enter the forest reserve, collect forest produce, and even buka ladang inside the forest reserve. That's, that means even grow crops inside the forest reserve. So. Okay. That, that was acknowledged, that they had rights of access, that they depended on the forest, and that they had some kind of uh, ownership rights over the land to use it for agriculture. And that's unusual that the government acknowledged that. And so it's absolutely shocking that the current government is excising this area from this forest reserve that was uh, that the Orang Asli had rights to since before 1909 without any inquiry, without consulting uh, the public in general yeah. or the Orang Asli, the Tamwan group in particular. So this is uh, really disappointing coming from a government which has uh, been generally much better than many other governments in Malaysia when it comes to respecting Orang Asli rights. But they, they seem to be backsliding by, uh, and this is the latest example you know, just kind of quietly uh, backdating an excision and trying to escape uh, public inquiry. Because, uh, as uh, yeah, as I mentioned, the Orang Asli have a special position and therefore it's not just the general public that needs to be consulted, not just the hikers, 
but also these people who have had uh, customary rights to the area for many generations. And, and I was reading um, also in that same article, I think it was uh, late July this year, in a reply uh, to an official question to the Slango State Assembly by Elizabeth Wong, uh, the Bukit Lanjan representative, the MB confirmed that 53 housing units uh, owned by Labour Down were never actually delivered to the Orang Asli. And this had been promised to them initially, isn't it, when they were moved out of the area? All right. So the Orang Asli presently live in an area called uh, Bukit Bandaraya, which is just to the south of the Bukit Chaka Forest Reserve. And as a result, they still enter and use the forest reserve. And some of them have built uh, some uh, traditional houses inside the forest reserve. And the fact that this area was um, not recognized as part of the forest reserve by the forestry department, even though it had not been uh, properly uh, excised, uh, points to a lack of appreciation of the true status of the land, not just in the Shah Alam community forest area, but also in the south of Bukit Chaka, where the Orang Asli are living. And so this, I, uh, one thing I hope is that this case will prompt the state government to do a proper review of the status uh, of the land throughout Chalam and in fact uh, throughout the state of Slangor and which is the most important thing is the rights of all of the stakeholders are taken into account and the all of the illegalities are, are cleared up and one would have hoped that this would have been done a long time ago but it clearly has yet to be sorted out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just heading into Merdeka and all of that. You know, we're talking about development. We're talking about, you know, us being a, a developed nation and everything. But, you know, we're fa- failing in all these small things which would really make us a developed leading nation in that sense, right? You know, uh, public consultation, you know, taking into account the rights of everybody involved in situations, protecting our forests as we are, you know, heading into, I mean, we are in a climate crisis, all of these things. I guess, you know, I'm just asking you, you know, if you, if you could have the years of the authorities listening, right, what would your message be to them? All right. Well, first of all, I'd congratulate the decision makers in Slangor for having uh, moved forward and created the change law to require public inquiry, which was a good step. That was 10 years ago. And they also have this um, a commitment to transparency and accountability and freedom of information, which again was a good step. But the real test is when it, it comes to a crunch, when there's uh, conflict, when there's uh, like developers on the other side that want the land. Uh, and that is the time when uh, all of these provisions that have been put in place are going to be tested. To give another example of this, uh, uh, the Slango government created the Select Committee on Accountability and Transparency. And the, when uh, the Kuala Langat Utara decision was reversed, the state government, the Mantri Basar, gave a commitment that this the issue of the degazettement would be brought to Selkat for uh, consideration. And they would find out what went wrong. You know, why did this thing uh, um, happen that the area was uh, excised? And then the state government had to come and reverse its decision. And uh, a friend of mine wrote to Selkat and asked uh, well, you know, have they investigated the, the issue? And they said, no. They said they had decided that it was not necessary to investigate it because it was academic, because the state had uh, already uh, solved the issue. 
And so that, that's disappointing because, you know, you create these things to find out the cause of the problem. But if you're not using them, then the problem is going to happen again. And it seems that the, the danger now is that you're going to have uh, even worse cases. Like, who knows? Is this just the tip of the iceberg? Are there other areas in, um, in Selangor which uh, in future the state government will say that, oh, the decision will already be made so we can backdate the excision notice? So, you know, um, if this case goes ahead, then all of these provisions put in place previously for accountability and transparency might be useless. So uh, what I hope is that uh, they honor their commitments by implementing the law uh, according to the spirit and the letter of the law. And so in this particular case of uh, Bukit Chaka, I hope that they would not fight uh, the um, uh, judicial review, and they would accept the fact that the area is still a forest reserve until they go through the due process and hold the public inquiry. All right. So as, as we mentioned, you know, that uh, that that case, I mean, it's coming up on the 28th yeah. of September. Uh, and again, you know, just a reminder to listeners that you are crowdfunding, uh, you know, for legal fees. So um, I think folks just need to head to your website to uh, shahalamforest.org, right? All the information is there. And also you have your Facebook page and your social media pages as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to give a shout out to the 84 people who have already uh, donated, which uh, has raised more than 16,000 ringgit, which is uh, super, you know, we're all, I think about a third of the way to our target of 50,000. So thank you very much to all of those people. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't yet donated and you'd like to, just uh, head over to our website, uh, charlamforest.org, and then you can find details of our um, uh, account. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing you can do is, like you mentioned, go and visit this area, this beautiful, beautiful. I'm, I've yet to do it, I admit, um, <laughs> but definitely on the list, right? And that is something that we can do right here in Shah Alam, right here in KL, you know, uh, rainforest, beautiful place. There's the Mirror Lake that everybody talks about. I mean, you you love that place as well, don't you, Tedwin? Yes. And uh, if you want to find out more about it, you can also uh, visit our Facebook group, which has got, more than, I think, more than 15,000 members. And you can see lots of recent photos and see if any of your friends uh, have um, already gone and maybe they can show you the way and uh, you can contact us as well. We'd be happy to to find guides for you. Okay. All right. Um, uh, any last message, Tegwin, that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, well, I uh, I think the general election is coming up. And I'm pleased that there have been some politicians that have uh, spoken up on this issue. But I, I do hope that all of the politicians, because this issue crosses, uh, you know, all of the political divide, I think all parties would support saving the forest. In fact, that's what the, most of them have pledged in the past. And I, I, I certainly hope that this, these kind of issues are raised uh, during the the election campaign. Mm-hmm. And we see them in manifestos as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so well, much, Tequin, uh, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Dr. Tequin Lim, Treasurer of the Shah Alam Community Forest Society. We were talking about the ongoing efforts to protect uh, the Bukit Sharka Forest Reserve and the Shah Alam Community Forest uh, from further development. So just to remind you folks, uh, there is crowdfunding for the legal fees going on. Just head to shahalamforest.org for more information uh, or, for, or follow them on social media if you'd like to find out more. And if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast 
podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.